Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the Union Naval. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Well, welcome back, everyone, to uh, the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, filling in for Alan today. If you'd like to access the archives of the Alan Nathan Show, all you got to do is go to www.MainStreetRadioNetwork.com, and there you will find a veritable treasure trove of uh, shows from the Alan Nathan Show. It's, it's like a veritable history of politics in who knows how long, long time. Well, we are ready for our very first guest in this hour, founder of the East Turkestan National Awakening Movement and Prime Minister for the East Turkestan Government in Exile, Soli Hudayr joins us right now on the Alan Nathan Show. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you for having me. It is good to have you, and uh, we always appreciate people who are speaking up, standing out, and telling the truth uh, that propaganda media refuses uh, to tell. Uh, there is an awful lot going on and uh, with uh, China, China-forced labor practices. We, we don't think it could happen here, but it could. Uh, let us, tell us, let's get started on what exactly is going on with this issue. Well, I mean, with the uh, issue of East Turkestan and China, um, this is a, a long uh, issue. It's a geopolitical issue, uh, which has turned into a humanitarian crisis. Uh, in 1949, the People's Republic of China invaded and occupied East Turkestan with the help of the Soviet Union. Uh, and has been uh, engaging in a, a prolonged campaign of colonization, uh, forced assimilation, uh, which has proliferated to genocide uh, since 2014 with the mass internment of over 3 million Uyghurs, Kazakhs, Kyrgyz, and other Turkic peoples, um, oh. where they have been subject to torture, rape, sterilization, oh. uh, organ harvesting, uh, all of these atrocities uh, which constitute as genocide and this past January 19th marked the second anniversary of the U.S. officially designating it as genocide. Wow. Well, and and we haven't ever had a lot of hope, really, in uh, the U.N. standing up. So in this sense, it's, it's a, a good thing, isn't it? It's at least a start that they're doing that to call out China. Um, talk about that a little more, because a lot of people don't have a lot of a lot of respect for the UN, and it's many sweeping over the rug of sweeping under the rug of um, uh, human atrocities and liberty. Yes, as, as, as I mentioned uh, earlier, I mean this genocide portion has been going on since 2014. Um, it was only until 2021 that uh, the United States and other Western governments began to formally designate it as uh, genocide. 
However, the United Nations uh, has been long silent, in fact, uh, in many ways complicit. Um, the former UN High Commissioner on Human Rights, uh, she visited, you know, East Turkestan. She went on a propaganda tour and she refused to, you know, uh, you know, even condemn the atrocities as genocide. However, on her last wow. day, they did release a, a, a short report stating that, you know, uh, it, it may constitute as crimes against humanity. Um, however, the UN wouldn't even hold a, a debate. The UN Human Rights Council refused to, you know, vote it against uh, even holding a debate on just this human rights issue. Um, oh. More recently, yesterday, the United Nations uh, Committee, um, they, you know, gave some recommendations stating that, you know, there is uh, forced labor, there are atrocities that are uh, under uh, that are being uh, undertaken by the Chinese government against Uyghurs and the Turkic peoples. However, the Chinese government has refused. Uh, it rejected uh, the uh, recommendations made by the uh, UN committee. Um, and given this reality, I mean, we have to focus on the root of the issue, which is Chinese colonization and occupation of East Turkestan. Um, oh. Until East Turkestan is able to regain its independence, uh, there's no way, uh, you know, to ensure even the most basic human rights and freedoms, yet alone the very existence of our people. Um, China's uh, refusal, persistent refusal to implement any of the recommendations given by uh, the UN and other international bodies shows that this is clearly the case. And this is the only way forward for us. Yeah. I'm almost hesitant to ask this question because it sounds like I'm blaming the victim. There is a history of scapegoating certain peoples uh, and uh, for reasons that they give that are that are totally preposterous. But I mean, we we know not only about the Uyghurs and the Fulan Gong in China. What do they say as to why and how? I mean, you can't justify this these kinds of crimes against humanity. But what is your feeling as to why they're being targeted well, it, it, the, the reason that they're being targeted is the fact that you know this this is not a part of china uh, this is an area uh, that china invaded and occupied uh the uyghurs and other turkic peoples they're not ethnically linguistically culturally or religiously uh chinese in any way they're a complete different nation and mm. uh the, there has been a rising you know Historically, East Turkestan until 1949 has been an independent nation. And since then, the people of East Turkestan have uh, constantly persisted uh, and resisted against Chinese occupation. Uh, and after the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, their desire for independence has, uh, grew um, to where the Chinese government uh, began to become worried. And it's been rolling out this genocidal campaign under the pretext of fighting against separatism, terrorism, and extremism. Mm. Wow. Uh, and 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 they, according, they would pose a threat to the totalitarianism, or so they believe, uh, of China. Uh, yes. Uh, the, yes. For for the Chinese government, I mean. Uh, they want to maintain their occupation of East Turkestan. East Turkestan is uh, very important both uh, uh, in terms of geopolitically and geostrategically in the sense that it's roughly one-fifth of the current territories controlled by the uh, PRC. 
And in addition to that, uh, it's rich in natural and mineral uh, resources from oil, natural gas to polished silicon to beryllium and other rare earth minerals uh, that, that China needs to, you know, ex- expand. Yeah. And the, the whole idea of forced labor camps, uh, thank God, is something that Americans, we hope, never have to know firsthand. We see that America, that liberty is dwindling here uh, in a variety of ways. But tell our listeners, what does that actually mean? I mean, I know we hear forced labor camps, but I don't think we really have an understanding of what that is. Well, the way that it's being implemented in East Turkestan is uh, the Chinese government uh, it's built these concentration camps, over 1,400 of them across East Turkestan. Wow. Um, and first they send you to these concentration camps to, quote, uh, re-educate you or indoctrinate you. Um, and, uh, you know, based on your level of, you know, if, if you're, you know, hardcore nationalist or so-called separatist, as the Chinese government calls it, they automatically ship you into a prison. If you're just, you know, an average person, you're still a threat to the Chinese government. So you, in turn, get shipped to the forced labor camps where you are essentially working as slave labor, producing, you know, cheap products, everything from, you know, uh, picking cotton to, you know, manufacturing little uh, uh, electronic components for, you know, companies that ultimately sell their products to Apple and others. Uh, to, you know, building shoes for, you know, companies like Nike, Adidas, and so forth. Um, you, you don't, you know, you're, you're forced to work 18 to 20 hours a day. Um, mm. The few hours that you have, you know, they, you, you also are forced to listen to prop Chinese government propaganda. You have no contact with the outside world. Forget about your family. You have n- no freedom. You know, you're just barely surviving. You're essentially you know, just a slave working. Slave labor. Forced labor is slave labor. You hear that music, and you've graciously accepted to stay with us for one more segment. Uh, I have so many more questions. Thank you for for doing that. Sali Hudayer is informing us of things that are really so very important. We want to look away, but we simply can't and shouldn't. Karen Cataline filling in for Alan Nathan will be back on the Main Street Radio Network right after this. You may have never heard of it, but C. difficile or C. diff infection is a highly contagious bacterial infection that the U.S. CDC declared a major public health threat, which results in an estimated half a million infections each year. C. diff infection takes hold in the gut microbiome, and debilitating symptoms may include stomach pain, nausea, fever, and severe diarrhea. If you get C. diff infection once, Dr. Dennis Durrell, Executive Director of Hospital Medicine, American Physician Partners, LLC, says there's a good chance it will come back. Up to 35% of people who get a C. diff infection may get it again. This is called a recurrence. After that first recurrence, up to 65% may get C. diff again. Rebiota is the first and only FDA-approved microbiome-based treatment to prevent recurrent C. diff infection after you've taken antibiotics for recurrent C. diff infection. It's a single-dose treatment administered in minutes during one visit to your doctor's office. 
Talk to your doctor to find out if Rebiota is right for you. To learn more, visit rebyota.com. Rebiota Fecal Microbiota Live JSLM is indicated for the prevention of recurrence of Clostridioides difficile C. diff infection in individuals 18 years of age and older following antibiotic treatment for recurrent C. diff infection. Limitation of use. Rebiota is not indicated for the treatment of C. diff infection. Important safety information. You should not receive Rebiota if you have a history of a severe allergic reaction, e.g. anaphylaxis, to Rebiota or any of its components. You should report to your doctor any infection you think you may have acquired after administration. Rebiota may contain food allergens. Most common side effects may include stomach pain, 8.9%, diarrhea, 7.2%, bloating, 3.9%, gas, 3.3%, and nausea, 3.3%. Rebiota has not been studied in patients below 18 years of age. Clinical studies did not determine if adults 65 years of age and older responded differently than younger adults. You are encouraged to report negative side effects of prescription drugs to FDA. Visit fda.gov forward slash medwatch or call 1-800-332-1088. Please visit rebiota.com for full prescribing information. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans' organization has provided more real-time ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, and we uh, were in the midst of a conversation, which we I'm glad that we can continue with Sully Hudayr, founder of the East Turkestan National Awakening Movement, Prime Minister for the East Turkestan Government in Exile. Sully, thank you so much for joining us, uh, for staying with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having Yeah. So, um, in this crazy constellation that we're seeing right now, a lot of people think we're, we're fighting a proxy war with Russia. What, what tell us about the relationship 
as you know it, between Russia and China? Are they allies? Are they allies only in so far as they can help each other and then destroy each other? What What's really going on as, as far as you can tell? Well, uh, as far as Russia and China's relationship, I mean, if we look at it and analyze their relationship over the past 100 years, it's uh, it's been mostly a relationship of convenience. Uh, alliances only due to their political convenience. Um, the real reason why China's supporting uh, Russia at the moment in pushing back uh, against, you know, inv- in its invasion in uh, I- I Ukraine and, you know, is an effort of the Chinese government to push against the West, against the United States, and to deter, deter them from focusing on the biggest threat, the bigger threat, which is China. Um, and they've been doing this very successfully. Uh, you can see that right now the, the Chinese government is thinking of, you know, using um, countries like uh, Serbia as an intermediary to supply weapons to to the Russians. Yeah. Uh, and are you finding them to be a... Uh, uh, you're having to not only find China, but also hold accountable the allies, people that uh, pay lip service to China as well, right? Yeah, I mean, Russia and and China, I mean, they they worked together to uh, overthrow uh, our independent state back in 1949. Um, If it hadn't been the Soviet Union, uh, you know, assassinating our leaders and uh, helping the uh, People's Republic of China, Communist China, invade East Turkestan, we wouldn't be facing this uh, colonization and genocide today. Yeah, so let's take the rest of this time here, Sully, to talk about what your organization is doing and uh, consequently what you're asking citizens to do. What can they do? So first let's talk about your organization and what what kinds of activities you're engaged in to address this this, uh, huge, huge uh, atrocity going on there. Yes, the East Turkestan government in exile was established in 2004 to advocate for uh, the restoration of East, uh, East Turkestan's independence and to represent the uh, interest of East Turkestan and its people at the uh, international stage. Um, in 2017, uh, we founded the East Turkestan National Movement or East Turkestan National Waking Movement uh, as a response to China's ongoing campaign of genocide to advocate for an end to the ongoing genocide and colonization, as well as, you know, uh, policy and legislative actions to, uh, you know, punish China, to prosecute China, to recognize the ongoing genocide. Um, Over the years, we have been actively uh, campaigning for the recognition of the genocide as genocide, for recognition of East Turkestan's status as an occupied country. Uh, for, you know, holding Chinese officials and the Chinese government accountable for its uh, crimes at the international stage. Uh, we filed a lawsuit against Chinese officials, uh, senior Chinese leaders at the International Criminal Court. Um, you know, we're pushing for the United States and other governments to uh, support East Turkestan, you know, on, on the same way that they are supporting Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and And I am... Uh, suspect, I suspect that there is 
tremendous obstacles being placed against your mission here in America. Uh, We talk often about the Hunter Biden laptop and uh, compromised politicians in America. We had one who had a who had an affair with a Chinese spy for heaven's sake in plain view. Uh, what can you tell us about the kind of the, the people in our government, <clears throat> excuse me, that are putting up obstacles to your mission for human rights in East Turkestan? Well, unfortunately, I mean, if, 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 you know, if I had not moved up to DC and experienced the things that I have uh, witnessed and experienced over the past five years, um, you know, I, I would still be very much hopeful and, uh, in, in, in the previous way that, you know, America, you know, is not compromised. America is very strong, um, you know, and, uh, and that, you know, uh, America is, uh, is not is not corrupt uh, in, like other countries or they're not corrupt officials like other countries. Uh, however, uh, unfortunately, as you mentioned, you know, there, are, there seems to be uh, many officials in all levels of government who have been uh, corrupted by, you know, uh, economic or otherwise other ties with with China, whether it's direct business dealings or business dealings uh, as a result of their friends or families, um, and this has uh, negatively influenced policy uh, in the United States, and it's a severe uh, threat to America's own sovereignty and national security. I myself faced numerous obstacles, such as you know um, you had you know Chinese agents filing you know false complaints against me. Uh, and, you know, without our, our, our judicial system, without, you know, doing the due diligence at first, you know, figuring out, oh, you know, who are these people making these complaints and who is this guy, our, our own citizen, an American citizen advocating for an end to genocide. And yet they had me, you know, they arrested me, uh, interrogated me, you know, trying to figure out why I was trying to advocate for an end to genocide. Hmm. It's it's indefensible, and yet it's happening. Uh, why should you be placed on the defensive as to why you are against genocide and somehow you're the criminal? That's the thing that I think most everyday average law-abiding citizens exactly. can't it, 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 understand. It, 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 was, it was purely ridiculous. I mean, if, if this was, you know, Russia or if this was, you know, China, that would be totally understandable, but... Here in the United States, I'm just simply advocating for an end to genocide and, you know, telling on the U.S. government you have to, you know, take measures against China. And all of a sudden, you know, people are uh, trying to accuse me of, you know, uh, uh, anti-Asian hatred, you know, even though. (laughs) Well, and America, in America, hatred, no matter how. Uh, one might not like it. Hatred itself, an emotion, a feeling, is not against the law. They would like you to think it is. Uh, but if you're against genocide, uh, that's considered hate. Everything is sort of upside down. We only have a few minutes. Tell everybody they can find you, follow you, and read more about this uh, this extremely important issue. They, they can visit us on our website at east-turkistan.net or follow, follow us on social media at etexilegov. etexile.gov, right? Or yes. gov. Sully Hudayer, thank you so much for joining us and for your courage in speaking out 
We all, you're a model for many of us to, to keep doing that. Uh, we are going to take a break and move on to yet another serious issue, serious times in which we are living. And we will be back here on the Main Street Radio Network. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common. But after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. The new Mayo Clinic diet has been named among the top diets by U.S. News and World Report. Dr. Donald Hensrud, medical director of the Mayo Clinic Healthy Living Program, explains what makes their program so effective. Our new Mayo Clinic diet, built by a team of doctors and medical experts, focuses less on counting calories and more on empowering users with the knowledge and ability to maintain a healthy weight. Members get access to exclusive content and videos from real Mayo Clinic doctors, healthy recipes, tracking tools, and the popular Habit Optimizer that helps users substitute old unhealthy habits with healthier ones, all through a mobile app. Instead of fad diets or crash diets that rarely work for very long, our book and online program and app helps you adopt principles for a healthier way of life, which is really the secret to long-term success. Curious to know how healthy your diet is? The Mayo Clinic has an easy three-minute quiz. Go to mayoclinicdiet.com to find out. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. This forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Plant puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, 
you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, and we're just plugging right along here with our stellar list of guests. And right now on the line is Reverend James Harden, CEO of Compass Care Pregnancy Services. Lots going on with a sudden targeting of pregnancy centers and people who dare to be pro-life. Used to be, it was okay to disagree. Now... You're suddenly a criminal if you dare to disagree with the orthodoxy of the left. Uh, Reverend James Harden, thank you so much for joining us here on the Ellen Nathan Show. Karen, Karen, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, thank you so much. So there's an article uh, that uh, you're on here to talk about, and I'm so glad you are. Whistleblower confirms that the DOJ, Department of Justice, and the FBI is actually attacking and targeting pro-life Christians. Never thought we would live to see the day when that would happen. Even the, ver- the mere headline shocks the, the, the soul, whether you agree or disagree with you. Talk about this and, and why it is really happening. I mean, I mean, not why, but that it really is. Yeah, I, you know, it, you're, you're right. This, wherever somebody stands on the abortion debate, this should be shocking to them. So, you know, as you know, um, with the illegal leak of the Dobbs case on May 2nd, um, it sparked a crime wave, pro-abortion crime wave, targeting pro-life entities, including pregnancy centers, uh, which we were one, one. So, so we were firebombed on June 7th. Oh. Brutal attack, two firefighters injured. And that's been happening all across the country. And so uh, the, the FBI got involved ostensibly to help with the investigation. And what we found was shortly that uh, they were slow walking investigation. They got involved to obstruct justice. Now, I was, I was saying this based on our experience, but then whistleblowers started coming out of the FBI and the House Judiciary Committee started getting involved. There was a thousand page, a thousand and fifty page report that came out of the House Judiciary Committee, complete with whistleblower testimony from within the FBI saying they were deprioritizing investigations into violence against uh, certain groups. And the Biden administration came out on 
shortly after the, the, the Dobbs, the official Dobbs release on June 24th, directing the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland, the attorney general, to put together essentially a reproductive health task force uh, to uh, essentially investigate uh, what they call anti-abortion activity. Now, this, this is on the heels of, of, of all these attacks going on against peaceful pro-life people. And we find this out. Uh, and then, of course, Merrick Garland and the, uh, the DOJ, uh, you know, obeys. And uh, they put together the Reproductive Health Task, task Force, and they start uh, uh, indicting peaceful pro-life people like Mark, Mark Houck. This was, and there's this rash of indictments coming September and October, and even now, again, in, Ju- in January, against peaceful pro-life people. Meanwhile, there haven't been any arrests of people that have, uh, that have attacked pro-life entities. Uh, and they're saying that uh, this is all of the, the DOJ is insisting, Merrick Garland is insisting that the law is being applied equally. Well, just after he said that, one day after he said that, last week, a whistleblower from within the FBI, Special Agent Garrett O'Boyle, claimed that last summer that uh, the FBI came out with, with a new threat tag. They updated their threat tag saying, look for people that have pro-life adherence. They adhere to pro-life beliefs. Look for those types of people. What? So O'Boyle was like, when, when, when this threat tank came out, it was like, why are you focusing on pro-life people? It's the pro-choice people who are the ones protesting or otherwise threatening violence. And according to Fox News on last Friday, O'Boyle said the FBI wanted the, the agents to look into what the Bureau called, quote, pregnancy centers. Okay, so we're being attacked. We're the ones that are being threatened with death threats. Okay, uh, and, and the FBI starts looking into us. And that's exactly what we're saying. They, they know who the, who's doing these crimes. They, they're choosing not to make arrests. And now you've got Merrick Garland perjuring himself in, uh, under oath uh, before the Senate Judiciary Committee, um, just like you know, uh, his, his underling did, uh, Christopher Wray, with the Senate Judiciary Committee months earlier about these, the, how, how the FBI is abdicating their duty uh, to investigate violence against pregnancy centers, pro-life people. Um, so, yeah, th- this is, you know, how far does the rabbit hole go? We, we actually had to hire private investigators, Karen, as you know. We had to hire private investigators to get to the bottom of this because we had to, we had to file a lawsuit just to get our, our video surveillance back so we could see it. And they still haven't given it back to us. So uh, our, our private investigators quickly caught up with the FBI and realized that uh, these attacks are much, much bigger than just you know, a bunch of uh, zealots on the street who, who are just, you know, grassroots. They're, they're connected to a multinational interstate um, Antifa terrorist organization. Um, and that's one of the reasons we think that the FBI doesn't want to make arrests, because either they're afraid that making more arrests would be seen as a fascist move and therefore a recruitment tool for more, uh, more Antifa people, or they are, have been the DOJ and those in the upper echelons of leadership have been have have some uh, Antifa sympathies and they are deprioritizing these investigations because uh, it, it helps the, to to further the the, uh, the Marxist cause of these Antifa uh, people. Antifa, most people don't know this and I didn't know this up until recently, but Antifa is stands for anti-fascism and is related to it has its origins in Russia, Stalinistic Russia. It is Marxist-Leninist uh, ideology, and anti-fascism refers simply to anti-capitalism, anti-Christianity. The, 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 the moorings of current global civilized structure is being attacked, and their whole goal, this is their stated goal, this is not my interpretation, their stated goal 
is the destruction of the current global civilized order for, to, to pave the way for a global communism. And the bulwark, the last bulwark for, uh, uh, you know, you know the, the, the current nation state system is the United States of America. And so they're engaging what, what our, or our, our people are calling, not our people, but this is uh, the Pentagon people. Rich Higgins out of the Pentagon is basically saying they're engaging in what's uh, you know, irregular warfare called fourth generation warfare uh, with these waves of attacks wave upon wave of attacks. And as soon as, as, soon as the, the wave ends, the reason why the wave of attacks ends is because it starts to garner uh, pu- uh, public sympathy against, uh, for the victims. So they pull back. But they've already desensitized the population enough to be able to, to send in another wave. Um, and, and you'll notice that even the wave down in, in Atlanta, Georgia, with, with Cop City and their attacks there, um, they don't even say that they're from Antifa. But, the, but the, there, are only, there are only like two people that were arrested there that, that were from Georgia. They're from they're other people. They're from France. They're from Canada. They're from New York. They're from uh, Wisconsin. This is a, a an interstate um, Marxist insurgency. And and the FBI said, oh, we're standing by. We're standing by. Why? This is what the FBI is is it, it was started to do. They, they were they were inaugurated for interstate crime and, and, and domestic terrorism. And they're not even, because they don't want to well, identify the fact that these are people. I must say that uh, when the term domestic terrorism is used today, especially with the FBI, which we're thankful that the um, Republican-controlled House and just a few gutsy people in the Republican-controlled House are starting to hold accountable the DOJ and the FBI. Uh, the only time they ever use the term domestic terrorism is to describe parents who don't like that their kids are being taught racism and uh, you know uh, gender dysphoria in grade school. Yes. So they've turned that's, and that, that's twist- exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right, Karen. That and that's what makes me that's what makes me concerned. I'm right. concerned because when hear? they start attacking. When they start attacking parents like that, um, when they start attacking, you know, traditional Judeo-Christian values of people that hold to the Judeo-Christian values and the, and the, and the, the unity of, of, of the traditional family, <clears throat> it makes me think that the DOJ and the FBI are, actually do have Antifa sympathies. These are you have to destroy in order, in order to, to, to destroy a country from within. You have to attack its core values and the roots of those core values. And that's exactly what how they're how they're spending their resources. They're spending law enforcement resources to attack, uh, you know, freedom loving uh, people who who ad- adhere to the Judeo Christian right. worldview. And, and, and claiming and, that pregnancy centers are somehow dangerous, but uh, abortion mills are not. Uh, this is pretty right. much turning the truth on its head again, regardless of what people think or their ideas. Yep. In our last minute. Uh, let's see what, boy, I just lost it here. Um, because it is so huge. Um, tell everybody how they can find you. Oh, and, and also, uh, do we have cause for optimism with these whistleblowers? That's what I wanted to ask you with the DOJ. And then, you know, take the last minute and tell everybody they can find you and support you if they choose to. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Karen. Um, I think there is cause for optimism. I do. Uh, as long as we maintain vigilance, there is cause for optimism. But as soon as we pull, if, as soon as we take our foot off the gas, and uh, we, then then we have we have great concern. But if anybody wants to learn more about Compass Care and how we're saving lives from abortion, go to compasscarecommunity.com. 
Reverend James Harden, thank you so much for informing us about what's going on. It's hard realities that we're watching, that is for sure. We've got one more guest to wrap up the Ellen Nathan Show. I'll tell you about him right after this. You're listening to the Main Street Radio Network and the Ellen Nathan Show. We'll be right back. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager. Jump Clouds Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices. And cloud based options aren't ideal either. Jump Cloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end to end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. 
The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Welcome back, everyone, to our final segment. Boy, it just goes so fast around here of the Alan Nathan Show. Uh, Very quickly, I want to thank Derek and uh, Joseph and James and Jane and Alan himself. Always a pleasure to sit in on such a great operation and to be part of the team. Well, uh, helping us round out this hour is founder, CEO of Tusk, a conservative online browser, which he'll tell us about. Uh, And he's here to talk about the budget fights that are coming up in Congress. Jeff Berman joins now on The Ellen Nathan Show. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Karen. How are you today? Uh, Very, very good. Glad to have you with us. So uh, we always see these accusations when there's no evidence. (laughs) And the latest thing that the left and the Biden administration and whomever is calling the shots in the Biden administration is that the GOP wants to cut Social Security and Medicaid and Medicare. Now, um, you could have that discussion, but there's no evidence that the Republicans are are advocating that. Why are they doing that? And And that and talk about the debt ceiling, which always they just want to raise and raise and raise and raise and never, ever live within their means. They want to live in our means. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. So first of all, uh, there's no absolutely no truth that um, the Republicans want to cut Social Security. It is, uh, you know, a, a big factor in our society and it is expensive. Um, and maybe, you know, there's some solutions out there. We're all living a little longer, so maybe they could move, maybe they could move the age from 65 to 67 or something of that nature. Or, you know, maybe maybe there's some other solutions. The reason why the debt, the debt is so important and um, we spend a lot of money and we're not taking in, you know, enough, but 
it doesn't mean that we should tax more people. What it really means is they need to get in there and, you know, all the all the nonsense of the, uh, the pork uh, barrel, the thing that goes on, that needs to be really looked at. You see things like, you know, they spent $12, $12 million on a bridge to nowhere. I mean, there's all these that go on. And, and frankly, to a certain extent, Republicans and Democrats are, you know, they're just as responsible. And mm-hmm. with the debt ceiling, you just can't, you just can't keep uh, spending money that you're not getting in. And just our interest alone is, is taking up so much of our, uh, of our tax dollars alone. And it's just going to grow and grow and grow. So they, they really have to sit down. I mean, it's, it's like any other kitchen table almost. You got to sit down with your family and go, God, we're way overspent. What do we cut back that, you know, is, is maybe less important. Yeah. And, uh, Along with this argument that they are accusing Republicans of something they're not doing, I mean, uh, people on the very conservative right may want them to cut these spending uh, limits, but they're not doing that and haven't even proposed it. So apparently Biden and whomever is directing him is lashing out at the Trump administration policy, never far behind, uh, about slashing discretionary spending uh, and and the discussion of the debt limit. Talk about that, if you would. Yeah, so, uh, well, first of all, once again, uh, I, the Republicans uh, uh, have no interest in, in slashing Social Security. However, again, we're going to need to take a look at this because we're going to run out of money, and um, it doesn't mean we should raise taxes and, and certainly not a middle class, but I don't. Well, they're don't, already raising taxes. They're already spending through the roof. Yes. Uh, b- but with all respect, what, what I'm pointing out is that even regardless of whether you or I think they should cut those things, they're not cutting those things and they're being accused of cutting those things. So, again, it's a propaganda issue yes, rather than discuss sure. the 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 issue, we should be discussing why they insist on something that isn't even true. Yeah, this is the political. I mean, you have to remember, I saw the video last night on Tucker Carlson of the January 6th. And that was no more of a riot or insurrection uh, <laughs> than I've ever seen in my life. A lot of calm people walking around with police. The left, for some reason, I don't, I honestly don't understand the the lying that goes on, the dishonesty. I mean, I, I kind of get why they do it, but it's it's sad. In America, you have to go to that length, including lying about Social Security to make political points and scare people. It's just wrong. And and I, I my wife doesn't watch, for instance, she doesn't watch Fox, and she started to say something about the uh, the January 6th videos. And I said, have you watched them? I don't see anybody going crazy in there and killing cops or anything of that nature. And it's just the the left has a propensity to want to lie. I mean, uh, you know, if Adam Schiff's lips are moving, it probably means he's lying to us. Yeah, but there are purposes, right, Jeff? There are actual purposes. They don't. Yeah, yeah, they lie, but they lie for reason. We just got through talking about. Um, a variety of cases in which they perpetuate a lie about law-abiding citizens that simply isn't true. 
um, uh, case in point right before you was the idea, the notion that if you are a pro-life person, again, regardless of what you believe or don't believe about abortion and the government roles in it, um, this same bunch is perpetuating the lie that those who support and run pregnancy centers are a threat to our democracy. But the firebombing of those pregnancy centers are not a threat, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, this is, you know, the, the unfortunate, this is Saul Solinsky. This is the, this is how, I hate to say it, they want a form of socialism where they control, they control the narrative. Uh, I mean, you saw that, once again, the January 6th hearings made mm. it sound like, uh, you know, that there was an it invasion. Was an insurrection. And, you know, an insurrection. And, and it wasn't. No. Uh, but there are such things. It wasn't. Yes, but that wasn't it. And yeah. the left. It's very unfortunate. I, you know, in my lifetime, and I've been around a few years, I've never seen anything quite like this. The reason I jumped in to the search and the browsing issue is because I saw the censorship going on, and I said, I'll be damned if you're going to censor everybody. It went so fast. Tell everybody they can find and learn more about your search engine, Jeff Bernant. Tuskbrowser.com uh, on mobile as well as on your desktop test browser in the stores, the mobile stores. Very good. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. Well, that wraps it for this edition of the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline. Thank you for tuning in. Speak up, stay strong, and I'm out of here. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.